Hello, you cheeky, cheeky bastards. Before we get the show started, I have just one question for all of you. Have you ever wanted to stare and gaze with wonder at the faces of your fifth favorite podcast? Well, today's your fucking lucky day because we are going live. And I'm not talking about live over live stream. I'm talking about live and in person because nothing good is coming to the Pittsburgh Gaming Expo. That's right, on Saturday, October 1st, 2022, Nothing Good is going to be hosting a live panel and episode recording from the Pittsburgh Gaming Expo at the Monroeville Convention Center in Pittsburgh, PA. At 6 p.m., you're going to be able to check us out as we talk about game changers, revolution, and gaming. What the fuck does that mean? Who knows? Who cares? Because we're going to bring all your favorite cheeky shenanigans, all the dirty references, and completely babbling conversations live to your face to the PGX. All you need to do to be a part of this monumentous occasion is to pick up a ticket for Saturday's PGX Expo. That's right, all you have to do is buy admission to the event and you get nothing good. In addition to live music, video games, vendors, guest speakers, and so much more. For more information, check out our Facebook or go to PittsburghGamingExpo.com. They're all over the place, you can't miss it, and what you really can't miss, you motherfucker is to come check out Nothing Good at PGX 22, October 1st, 6 p.m. at the Monroeville Convention Center in Pittsburgh, PA, United States of America, planet Earth, in the solar system that you're in now. And if you haven't listened to this, the chances are that the space and time between this recording and when the event has actually... Ha- I'm not going to fucking explain physics to you and science and quantum physics and strength. Fuck you. What are you doing? Go. Come. See us. Pittsburgh Gaming Expo, October 1st, 2022, 6 p.m. It's a Saturday. Visit PittsburghGamingExpo.com or check out the Nothing Good Facebook. We'll see you there. Fuck! It's the most important question of our time. If you were to go back in time to your past self or your future self were to visit you in the past, today, and you were to start fucking yourself, Sucking your own dick. Is that gay? Masturbation? Or a little bit of both? It's... (laughs) Nothing good! Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah. It's good to be here. Since we're switching roles. Well, listen, motherfucker, you're the one who broke. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody had to say something. (laughs) And so listen, uh, to the wonderful listeners out there in in the internet world. Hello. um, Fuck you. It's a rare occasion. (laughs) And and I'm talking super fucking rare. Look, Noah, who I've known for 20 years, will crack himself up. 
Mm-hmm. That shit happens mm-hmm. normally. Often. Pretty often, yeah. yeah but typically it's after the punchline. <laughs> it's rare that the fucking punchline breaks his ass yeah, he before he's able to get it out. It. Yeah. So that was actually a moment in time that we may never see again. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I'm just buzzed enough to appreciate it. Well, there, there we yeah. are, and I appreciate uh, it. So we, w- once again, Doc here with mm-hmm. Mr. Brown, mm-hmm. Mac, Jeff, gentlemen. Up, yeah, how are you guys doing? What's going on? Good. Summer is at its end we're getting ready for fall yeah fall's just around the corner thank god (laughs) saucy bitch yeah it can't get here soon enough like over the weekend having like 90 degree days like this late into summer i'm over it i'm Mm -hmm. over it it's it's like it's like in like mid-april when like flowers are starting to bloom the grass is starting to turn green and then it fucking snows for three days (laughs) yeah yeah, and i like snow but not in april i've had more serious trouble driving home in the snow in March and April than I ever have in December, in January, February. Because yeah. Yeah. no one's prepared. Even though it happens all the time, no one's prepared for the roads. You know, you know, because it, the weather will be turning soon. It will. Do you know what that means? Uh, fall beer? No, fuck no. No, 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 no. Although that's important to some people. No, no, no. Something far more important. Something that uh, breathes life where there is death. Halloween havoc. Halloween havoc. <laughs> also true, but no. Death with everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. J H W, my friends. Justifiable hoodie weather. Oh, uh, fucking! Cu- listen, listen, it is my favorite I mean, time of the year. That I'm wearing one right now. So, it's also true. It's a brisk evening. You have three summertime. layers. I can't understand it. It right is now. pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Well, first of all, ah, I wear the shirt <laughs> so I can do that. But you know, I, it was raining but, today when I left for work. And I've just been tired enough to not change out of the clothes for that. So I'm in the club with you. <laughs> so, so I know a lot of people that listen to the show understand the symbiotic relationship between Herb Jones and a hooded sweatshirt. Yes. For those of you who may not know Herb Jones personally, there is no Herb Jones without a hooded sweatshirt. And there are no hoodies without Herb Jones. Every hoodie everywhere, Herb has been inside it deep inside it deep and then he just let it go to you so every hoodie you've ever worn has been herb's sloppy seconds and he just chose not to add it to his collection so i'm the god of the hoodies you i would say that yeah there good. you go you can be that can so be your you're, Greek pantheon you're all fucking welcome <laughs> I, I can i can live with that so uh, outside of the weather turning i have something news going on with me yeah uh it's not like super big but it's I, i'm pretty excited about it uh about a year or so ago i i, I tried uh meal prepping and uh, I was really into it, and then I just fucking stopped uh, for various reasons. But I've gotten back into it the last couple weeks. You know, I'm cooking, like, baking mass batches of chicken ahead of time, preparing quinoa, got my greens, getting everything set up. I got my lunch, my dinner, got breakfast set up. Just eating clean, man. That's healthy it and feels responsible. feels fucking good, too. I'm not hungry <laughs> at nearly as much as I normally am because I'm not eating fucking garbage. It's nice. And I feel good because at our age... What we eat's mattering more and fucking more. I've learned. Gotta take care of yourself. So I'm, 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 I'm really. I'm just the only why one. Why positive Why do all three of you look at me? Oh, I do. I <laughs> fucking look man. at you. I you gotta take care of yourself. I looked around. And you're just staring <laughs> at me. That's right there. You just happen to be directly in front of him. But, Wait, uh, where's your guilt, Noah? Oh, it's there. Your guilt's showing. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I was just thinking about. Uh, I've had enough beer to where when my family goes away, I'm gonna eat an entire Tony's pizza and myself by myself at midnight. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> well, I that's, was, that's the only thing that's really new with me. Yeah, so here we are, season two. 
season two. Doling out life advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. That's I, good. Uh, I'm I'm in like the fucking heart of wedding season right now. Mm. I have just done two weddings in the last two weekends. Nice. I officiated a I officiated a wedding. You had I, previously mentioned I, that, I, that was coming. I yeah. married some fucking people. Nice. How'd that wow. go? Uh, better than I expected it was going to go. Well, we knew you'd kill it. Did you do the marriage? Uh, <laughs> I did not. Uh, I, I did not. It's so cliche that well, you don't want to, but it's also, I don't think it's so look, cliche, I don't think anyone's ever done it. I didn't know whether or not Princess Bride is a favorite of theirs, but, you know, they are very big, you know, self-proclaimed nerds. There was a lot of Star Wars, Star Trek. Uh, I even threw Game of Thrones in there, you know. The one thing you don't want to talk about at a wedding, the red I, wedding. But I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk about the red wedding. I just mentioned we're not going to do game. Of Ga- we're not going to do Game of Thrones here because that's not something we want to talk about at weddings. Uh, but uh, it was uh, it was one of the harder things I've ever had to do. There was a lot of pressure on that. Uh, the other wedding, I just did a reading, which that went a lot easier. You know, yeah. I just got to show up, read what was on the page, and then go sit back down. Mm-hmm. And I got a free dinner at the Lamont out of that. Right. So, hey, that's a yeah, nice. exactly. So so which yeah. one of us nice are you taking meal. as your plus one? What's that? Which one of us are you taking as your plus one? Well, considering that this already happened, you go back in time and you tell one of us. I I thought you got like a coupon for a free meal. Like that's what you said. I got a free meal. How great! How great would that be that the Lamont just (laughs) gave you a free coupon? They don't think they do that. Lamont doesn't do coupon. Here's what's amazing (laughs) is that nobody uh, listening to this might know of the Lamont, but as we say, a restaurant like the Lamont. It's, oh, you understand. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. bougie places. It's very bougie. It's up on Mount Washington. It overlooks the city. It's all swanky and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it is frozen in time. That place has not been updated since oh, like the yeah. 1960s and you don't want it to or 70s. Classic, like oh, 70s decor in it, there. It's so, so heavy 70s. And there's not a piece of basic white clear through glass, like clear glass. It's all that tempered, you know, cloudy glass. Yeah. yeah. The wood just like, it's, it's just been so permanently dark by... By people touching it, that it, you, no no amount of pledge will ever make it look like natural wood again. But that's the richy shit you pay for, you know. Yeah, uh, I want to mention to the audience that you know when I the, the wedding that I officiated was for one of my best friends from college, Irene, and and her husband Keith. They did get married during the pandemic, so this wasn't like I had to officially marry them. They they were already there, and they just asked me to kind of be the mm-hmm. the stand in and do some fun shit. But it was a lot of pressure to do it, and I, and I talked to you guys about that as they approached me to do it. But the reason that I couldn't say no after this whole thing happened was because they brought me maybe one of the best, like, wedding gifts you could give somebody. They fucking got me a Mandalorian helmet. Mm. Not a toy. Mm. Not a Black Series or something like that that you would get at Toys R Us. Yeah, I fucking said it. Mm. Fuck you, Target. Fuck you, Walmart. And fuck you, Amazon. Toys R Us lives. But anyway, sorry. It's a little... Getting to the holidays. Feeling it. But uh, like a real fucking legit Mandalorian helmet, and I like put that thing on, and your voice changes to Mando when you put that thing on. That's really whether cool. you intended to or not. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna bring you in warm, or I'm gonna bring you in cold. And I fucking nailed it. So, and I will get armor for the rest of my body now that I have the helmet. <laughs> so. You gotta start somewhere, right? Fucking stay tuned, <laughs> Jafar. Before we get going with today's episode, is there any news or life tips you'd like to share? Clean eating and yeah, uh, we uh. We're in the full throes of kids going back to school, so it's mm. been a whole adjustment at my house. Well, Jeff's getting a, our kids back on schedule, and Jeff's and all a band that dad. He is. Yeah. He is a band dad. Friday night lights and all that shit. Full, 
full on. That's my life right now. That picture that you posted when uh, of Maddie performing, like, I I can't handle your teenage daughter. Yeah, she's a teenager no. now. Like, yeah. I can't like. It's it, a whole thing. It is a whole yeah. thing. It's kind of nauseating, but in like the oh my god, where did the time go? Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like she's not like a little girl anymore. No. She's she's like a a fucking person, and like. She's she's grown up. And it's just that's how, just hard to handle. How does it make you feel that you are no longer being judged by a child, but by a teenager now for everything you say? <laughs> Still being oh, judged, said, probably she, worse now. She's judging me way worse. It's yeah. already happened like twice in the last uh, last couple of times I've, we've oh. all been together. So, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. already rough. Yeah, so it's fun because like I look at her and I see her lips moving, but I hear her parents' words coming out of her mouth. And I want to respond to her the way I would to Jeff or Melissa. And I can't because she's 13. Mm-hmm. And she's not ready for that yet. No. It'll happen. It'll happen. But one day, in, in, in true Vandergriff fashion, he'll be the one to break the ice in front of you by, <laughs> by insulting his own child. Uh, it'll be it'll be like the opposite of what's the opposite of nepotism. Or like patricide, right? Yeah. So, it'll be... Because ain't nobody cut you as deep as Jafar does. Two beers deep, four beers deep. He'll say some shit. And you, you'll just be sitting in traffic five days later, and you'll remember it. And you're like, oh, you're like, did he say that? God. Is that what he said? Fuck, damn. You know, I, and, I, and I feel like I'm just gonna fucking speak it into fucking existence, but I'm gonna do it anyhow. I think one of the great accomplishments uh, of 39 years of existence that I have on this planet, having experienced the things I've experienced, done the things I've done, done the stupid shit I've done, made a lot of mistakes. I think I've tried to add back to the universe for the debt that I have collected. I have never once been cut by Jeff. He respects you too much. He and, does. And, 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 and I was going to say, I am lucky. I, tr- I try to show Jeff the utmost respect and appreciation because he's a good fucking person like everybody here. Thanks. But he has never once. And I wonder to myself, what I, I don't want to know if I'd survive it. <laughs> it's like you know, when you're young and you, know, you got friends who maybe experiment with drugs and hallucinogens and narcotics and shit. And you're like, nah, it's not for me. My reason is always, I don't know. I want to know who I'd become. <laughs> I don't want to know. No. And I don't want to know. That shit changes you, what man. What would happen to me on a on a psychological level if Jeff just, as we left today, just said some shit just to fuck with me, and it would stay with me for thirty years. And- it never goes away. Yeah. It, no, it never goes away. And there are some people that are that are that can be aggressive or great and hilarious, and they cut to the point, and they, they maybe they stay the same. Or as they get older, they lose that edge. So Jeff's like 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 a, like an unexploded artillery shell in a forest <laughs> in France. <laughs> like <laughs> that's such a well uh-huh. described. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Uh-huh. It's, it's, uh-huh. It's still there, and it's always—it's as dangerous there. as it ever is. And in the least, the longer it's there, the more dangerous yeah. it gets. And the least expected yeah. until it's getting us laid away to good. a group of Belgian teenagers that happen upon it one day. And once that bottle's open, you can't close it. God no. damn! Mm-mm. It's yeah. just explosion. Yeah. You have to send in the team to dismantle the Vandergrift. So, uh, now so, that we got all oh, that I, out of the way, the pleasantries, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about why we're really here. We're yeah. here for one specific reason. We're here because we ran out of ideas, so we're going back to an old idea from a year ago. No, 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 no. That's I'm just being facetious. We're talking about the Nintendo 64. Mm. We're going back because the last time we did this, you and I, very drunkly, very talked drunk. for about an hour and... I think like 17 minutes it felt like longer oh, listen God. in the archive <laughs> yeah as we went on things were getting heavy was that after montreal i think it was directly after yeah, montreal yeah. we were because we were trashed the two after parts montreal. Of montreal 
and that episode in the same night. And I had realized that we had gone so long with Montreal that my wife had gone to bed angry with me. So at this point, might as well just get wasted and talk about wrestling in Nintendo 64. I mean, that makes oh, sense. God. It does. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, you know, the, the best part about it is uh, so much has changed in a lot of ways with the show and the format and how we approach things and how we sound and how we are as hosts, as, as podcast members. I went back and listened to the, the episode to kind of like, what the fuck was I even saying? Because mm-hmm. I was pretty trashed. Uh, it, it was such a different vibe. Good, but I feel like this is better. Uh, but it was cool to go back and listen to it, especially because that was like episode five. It was episode five. It was, it was so long ago. It was so, so many things of. It was done. a year ago. It's like one of those things you don't even think about it. That's before we added the intro. Yeah, we were just show. we were just drinking and talking about shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm excited because you know we you and I kind of discussed it at I think at pretty good length, but we were missing extra opinions that are now just as valuable, mm-hmm. and I'm really curious. I, I'm I mean I've got you know things I want to talk about, but. A lot of it I already said, unfortunately, uh, but this will give you guys an opportunity to, to really, you know, stake your claim on the Nintendo 64, how you feel about it, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Um, I'm going to start right off the bat, uh, get the shit right out of the way. The singular worst. Before we get to that, what what are you guys drinking? Because Dave has, has signaled to me that we need to talk about beer. We're all drinking the same thing, because... Yes. Uh, yeah, I very likely to use this in proper context. Jeff understood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what are we drinking? Yeah, so uh, since we're talking about the Nintendo 64, uh, I found a beer that epitomizes uh, one of the greatest games on the Nintendo 64 that we're not going to talk about on this episode because we dedicated a whole episode to it. And that game is Goldeneye. Mm. Uh, Grist House, which is a brewery here in Pittsburgh, uh, put out a British golden lager called Golden Ale. Uh, and the artwork on the can is basically the artwork that's on the box. It's spectacular. Just the silhouette of James Bond. It is incredible. Uh, yeah. And it is quite tasty. It's low ABV, so you can crush a bunch of these and not get super Thank fucked God. up. Thank God. I gotta mm-hmm. drive home. Uh, but I felt it was super fitting, yeah. considering the topic. Excellent choice. Nintendo man. 65 today. I love it. <laughs> Nintendo 65. Accidentally um, wonderful. So, uh, yes, this beer is very, very delicious. It is very tasty and one of the most beautiful cans of beer. It really I've ever is a seen. nice can, and I'm ever like, seen. I kind of want to keep it, but I'm past that age. I'm not saving shit just for the sake of shit. You've ever drank on it while you listen yeah. to the Killers on a boombox through your entire yeah. neighborhood. But only the last half of this yeah, shitty album. Fucking we, album. We don't talk about that album. Um, I still talk about mm. it. So there actually is something that I want to bring up. Before we get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Mm, that's all meat, no potatoes on this Ooh, episode. No starch? Okay. So meaty. Um, there's something... Okay, so I went... Like I said, I went back and listened to the last... The, the episode oh, five. I just said it chilled out my spine. Jeff was like, ooh, it's so meaty. Like, he just said it <laughs> in, like, a subtle way. You were still talking. And it's just like... It's like it, like, floated around. The listeners heard it. fucking stabbed me. Yeah. Um, I guess a lot of, uh, you know, this episode's a lot of, like, imp- important things. You know, the, the clean eating and, you know... and. You know, going back and listening, you know, how much has changed as the show progressed and evolved. And um, I went back and I listened, and I'm enjoying it, and, and I'm having a good time with it. You know, I, I didn't sound nearly as drunk as I can, thought I would sound. We sounded pretty good, um, but there was a moment. Um, I feel like I feel like some of you may know. Uh, it was a, like a really unique. I wouldn't say life-changing, because that's really dramatic. That's very big. Not life-changing, but just year-changing experience in that episode uh, amongst the, the craft brews that we were drinking. We were. Um, at about 27 minutes, 
uh, and I think 56 seconds uh, was such a pivotal moment uh, in all in my life and yours because uh, it was the first mention of the fucking Sega Channel. <gasps> and I had no I had no notice, memory of that because you were a piss no, truck. <laughs> notice who brought it up. It yeah. hasn't and come I up in, notice, a, in a they, few episodes. Brought tension. Yeah. I brought it up because I found I found it so amusing because I could not pinpoint when it's because I'm like I know we had an episode but I'm like I remember us talking about it before that and it was on that fucking episode we you brought got, like, it up PTSD. this is this is the first time the Sega Channel has showed up in season two yeah we went the entire season there like I think like we like like bad boys like kind of I thought killed the Sega Channel from <laughs> it did but uh, but it's back it was it's, it's called you it knows you have a family now <laughs> but it still wants it I just I find I got a kick out of it that like you know 45 episodes later or so and change <laughs> that it came to a head but it took from that moment it started evolving the ball um, rolling. yeah 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 27 minutes 56 seconds so that's the that's moment the it was so innocent too when we brought it up like oh we shoot an episode on that yeah yeah, yeah. and then your fucking crazy ass <laughs> took it in a whole other direction uh, yeah. um, but anyhow uh, we're here to talk and about with the hip hop song of our generation god damn it oh. Um, so I'm going to pose a question to you guys right off the bat. Get out of the way. The worst you ever played. Worst you ever fucking played. The worst Nintendo 64 game you ever fucking played. Because you and I, we sort of talked about it, but I was too drunk to really, really say what I want to say. We, we have to mention that on this list, we're not allowed to mention GoldenEye on our episode, if at all possible. I mean, I'm 100% it's on my list. And we but have I'm not going to talk yeah. about it. And we have to omit, where possible, wrestling games. It's on my list. But, I can, I'm not going to talk a lot about it. No. But it's on the list. But the worst N64 game I've ever played is a wrestling game, though. So, was it WCW Mayhem? Oh, it's WCW Backstage Assault. Oh, fuck, fuck, yeah. That, that is sucked. the worst video game on Nintendo 64. A, a and, fuck, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, it's worst game. Oh, it, it is bad. a wrestling game. They're like, let's take WCW Mayhem, yeah. one of the shittiest wrestling games ever made, and let's take out the ring. Yeah, I bought that shit yeah. with my own money. <laughs> Listen, we, you talked Never earlier again. about making mistakes yeah. and paying your debt back. But, There's a few. It maybe. was all backstage fighting in a wrestling video game. And it wasn't a good game, and it was bad. So that's your that that. I would say hands down, that's the worst Nintendo 64 game that you ever played. That I've ever played. I just also want to say because I'm buying my colleagues enough time here, our colleagues here enough time that uh, this question was not on the aforementioned list we talked about. Yeah. So I'm letting I'm just talking long well, enough I to feel buy, like it's to a buy good Dave enough time to, to find the, the, this these thing. guys. No, no, I I know what my worst game is. I was just trying to think if there was another game that I wasn't possibly thinking of in that case but when you ask me what the worst nintendo 64 game and there's a reason why to me it was the worst it was fucking castlevania oh. castlevania 64 that was a fun game 64. but it was frustrating it was frustrating as fuck that was and i vibe. hated that was a vibe and i hated game, how right the now. game played because of just the camera position and stuff like that that's like, brutal yeah that was it was so hard for me because i couldn't accept how the game was played that i could get into it and i know it's a decent game I don't think it's appearing on anybody's list here. No, oh God, no. not today. But it's it's not, not now. I'm gonna cross it out. <laughs> yeah, if you had that number two, you're a fucking asshole, and you're you know lying to us. But fuck no, you. <laughs> fuck you, oh, fucking man, Castlevania. A... But uh, no, like I just I hated how it played because I I mean a huge Castlevania fan throughout the franchise, mm -hmm. especially as a 2D game. Oh yeah, you know Castlevania. I fucking loved Castlevania Four in the Super Nintendo. I thought that's probably my favorite Castlevania game that I played. But like once it got into the three-dimensional space and the camera was kind of fixated, it was hard to control through, especially in the beginning of the game, I couldn't get into it. 
Now, Castlevania 64, I can understand. That was a problem in a lot of 64 games, though, is that because they're taking that leap to the 3D, right, some of them, just the Castlevania 64 camera control issues. Uh, I still think one of the most popular games of all time, Mario 64, struggles with camera control issues. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's uh, Resident Those damn C buttons. It's, uh, mm. it's like the Resident Evil port for the N64 just decided to use the fixed camera because they didn't want to deal with anything. Well, that was all Resident Evil games at that time. I was like, right? weren't they all like that? Yeah, yeah. there were a lot of issues with games that were ported between systems. Resident Evil is one of them. Yeah. Where it just performed better on other consoles than it did on the 64 because yeah. of the limitations of the cartridge. Yeah. And the memory. Audio-wise and stuff yeah. of that nature. I have a too. very, very short, and it's really, like, not even a really super interesting story, but it, it involves myself and our Midnight Listener in Castlevania 64. Oh, shit! Oh, oh. Midnight Listener! Yeah, How's firing out of three different orifices going for you? Oh, God. <laughs> um, Get paid for that. So, now, the Midnight Listener and I have been friends. <laughs> We've clock. been best friends since probably, like, the 7th, 8th grade. Long-ass time. And we, you know, a lot of times he'd come over to my place or come over to his place, sleep over, just play video games all fucking night. Yeah, Order Pizza Hut, yeah. get some fucking Oreos, two liter fucking Pepsi. You're oh, set you're as a kid. teenage talk kid. About, talk like about kid. taking care of your body. Yeah, well, tell me about it. First of all, this is when all of those things were made better because yeah, it was 20 you. years ago. <laughs> and we had way less chemicals just in different there. Times, I said, I said in the seventh grade, not 2022. Anyhow. But I, I, 1998 I, Oreos hit way different no, than today ever, Oreos. All that stuff hit differently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember, I, don't, I, I didn't own it, and I don't think he owned it. One of us rented it. And he came over to our place to stay the night. And we played this game relentlessly. And there, if, if, if I'm remembering this correctly... There was like the the time system in the game, mm-hmm. right? And there was a point in the game where you had to meet a character at a specific time, around a specific time, and it would not the character would not show up uh, at any other time in the game. And the Midnight Listener, obsessed with this, sat up for hours waiting for this character to arrive, and it just. It didn't fucking happen until like four in the morning. Oh. And when he saw the the guttural roar that emerged from him, I'll never for fucking forget. So I'm like falling asleep. Never and he's just like, yes! That's what video games did to you back then. And, and that is to you, Midnight Listener. Guttural what I remember, roar. feel free to chime in on that next time when you listen to the episode. Jeff, what's your worst uh, 64 game? I remember playing a lot of shitty games. Uh, there were a lot of shitty games on this console. There were. There are some super shining all-stars in terms of great games. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shitty games. Uh, a lot of shitty games. Uh, and the luxury of us growing up in the late 90s uh, when this console was at its peak was we had Blockbuster and yeah. we had Family Video. And kids' rentals were free at Family Video. So you could just Rent a game, bring it back, rent another game, no cost. All my dad's renting whatever he was renting, movie-wise. Uh, so I played a lot of shitty games that I didn't play very long. <laughs> the one uh, I remember the most uh, being the worst was uh, the animated Superman game. I have that in my notes to talk about. Um, and I kind of equate it to now as a, as a 40-something-year-old adult. I equate it to basically the DCEU. <laughs> Yeah, like what they did to that game is basically what they've done uh, in the fucking movies. Uh, But it was just so bad. Controls were clunky. Uh, The animation was terrible. Just just wait, it was all bad. Just all bad. I've never seen Noah just like 
fucking recoil like a snake ready to strike. Like, so, I'm just not. I've been waiting 50 episodes. So, funnily enough, uh, if I the worst game I ever played on the Nintendo 64 was also Superman 64. Uh, it is, without question, the worst game I think I've ever actually played. Uh, on, like, a technical standpoint, controls. Uh, oh, well, you're fucking flying through goddamn rings. They call it the Kryptonite Fog. Just to cover up their shitty ass graphics and their fucking terrible draw (laughs) distance. I remember renting that because it's Superman, so it's gonna be fun. Because it's fucking Superman. And you get to fly around and punch shit. And I remember, like, just the disgust. Like, I'm not an elitist person when it comes to gaming, but I was that day. Yeah. And I don't know if I played that game for not even a fucking hour. Because I couldn't get past it. That's the reason why I didn't put it on the list and, and talk about it, because. I, I tried Backstage Assault long enough to know that every single aspect of it it's not was good. shit and terrible, and it's because I wanted to like it because it was a wrestling game. Superman 64, for those that didn't live through the era of it, was based visually on the Superman the Animated on the Series, yeah. which was the shitty cousin-kissing cousin of Batman the Animated Series. So it was already, like, second best. Uh, I played it for literally four minutes at a friend's house. And, th- and I will not say this person's name because I don't want things to terribly to happen to them, <laughs> but they maintained until the last time I talked to them eight years ago that that game is extremely underrated. Uh, is that I why you haven't talked to them in eight years? Oh, fuck that, that no, person. I'm, 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 I'm a different man now. Fuck I'm you! I'm not carrying that in my heart anymore. <laughs> but it, I, four minutes. And I was like, and I was, he's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going home. I thought we were hanging out. I'm like, no, we're not. I'm not here playing that. <laughs> not I, today, I have, sir. I have Torok the Dinosaur Hunter, which is not a good game. And it is better than Superman 64. No, I've been waiting 50-some episodes that takes the piss out of the DCEU. And I'll, I'll force myself to wait a little bit longer. Because it's worth it. But dear God, uh, Superman 64 makes some of the DCEU. Uh, let's take that back. Reverse. The, the DCEU makes Superman 64 look like an enjoyable experience. Okay? Mm. Mm. It ain't. That's so bad. It ain't. And that should tell you where we are. I bet you... Oh, man. Could you tweet Zack Snyder enough to have him do a director's cut of Superman 64? Can- have a bunch of fucking <laughs> no-neck fanboy douchebags talk about how you know, you're going to have to see it. It's widely considered one of the worst games ever made. It is. E.T. for the Atari. (laughs) That's brutal. Can can I just one thing about the DCEU? Hit it. Just to to poke the bear a little bit. Just poke it. So we're going to go ahead and do Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice. Because Marvel is doing Captain America Civil War. And we have to go ahead and have our guys fight when your guys fight even though their battle 15 materialized movies 15 movies over 10 years, and ours was two movies over Tops, but Martha. three years. Martha! And Batman and Superman, in the end, third act, you know, fucking standing there on the deserted island because they got so ripped apart for destroying most of Metropolis. It's like, ah, oh, we gotta kill Zod. 17 million people died in that fight. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and they, they shoehorn the death of Superman into this fucking too. The highest selling comic book of all time. But mm. as, they're, as they're getting ready to square off against um, uh, Doomsday, right? Yeah. Yeah. I 
it's, I have to block it out because it's so fucking bad. Batman and Superman are standing there, and then Wonder Woman shows up. Clearly, Batman and Superman have been fighting each other this whole time. And then Wonder Woman just shows up. That Batman invited. Hmm. I mean... And and they look at each other, and, and they go, Is she with you? And then Batman looks back at Superman and goes, No, I thought she was with you. You fucking invited her! Ten minutes ago in the movie. Before you geared up to fight Superman. You're not concussed. No. And we're just gonna, like, be okay with that. I just thought... I'd ask you to come to this desert island, and maybe we could tickle each other in a way. Oh no, what are you doing here? Called Alfred. Sorry, wrong Batman, but still, yeah, fucking brutal, dude. I dig oh, it. we should I just we should just have an episode called the DCEU, which we only start recording after we're all so drunk we won't remember it. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> in a cabin in the woods, the DCEU episode was filmed. It still will be better than Top Gun. Guarantee it. Uh, Facts. Yeah. The, All right. The the episode uh, of a podcast that is covering what happened to us <laughs> would start out on October twenty second, two thousand twenty two. Four friends went into a cabin under the woods, got really really drunk, and decided to talk about the DCEU. They never came out alive. <laughs> this, this is, is their story. story. Oh! <laughs> I like it. There it is. I like it. So speaking of your story, oh, all, right. Uh, mm-hmm. all right. So the '64, we talked about the worst. We talked, but and all, largely though, we all generally consider this. This is a pretty peak console here, right? Yep. yep uh, previous to the today era, where video games just look absurdly awesome, regardless of the negatives of day one patches and stuff, and where video games are now. As far as the traditional, you popped in a game and that was it. When you bought it, it was either great or it's horrible. 64 stands alone in a lot of ways as being just an excellent console. But not every game was destined for greatness. Some of those games had to earn it through us playing it. And so I want to ask the question, what's your personal sleeper hit? What was that 64 game that you rented or your friend played and you were just trying to kill time and you pop it in and you didn't expect it? to eat up the time that it did. Maybe you rented it and liked it so much you had to go buy it. Does anyone want to start with their... I'll get mine out of the way because it's the same as it was last time we did this. A Beetle Adventure Racing uh, is fucking one of the singular best games I've ever played that I did not expect to be good. Like, I expected to be like, it's, it's a game about fucking bugs. You know, it, it, yeah. it's, you're just driving, It's but it had so much personality. It had so much charm. It had so much going for it. The music was great. Yeah. It had just its own unique vibe. And I spent... And, and the funny thing is, some of my favorite N64 games are racing games. But I don't... I'm not a big racing game fan. But the but the ones that I liked were just... I really liked them. Well, I think... Um, I was doing some research. So there were just shy of 400 games Excuse like me. in the life cycle of the Nintendo 64. That's a lot of games. 70 of, of those games. were racing games. That's... Almost not, almost so 20%. That's, 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 that's 18%. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. But yeah, Vito Adventure that's Racing, crazy. I mean, I love the the different cars. The, the Again, I just really like the music, too. And the just, like, driving around, different hidden paths. I like that style. Uh, it's one of the few games, last couple games my sister and I would play together, uh, back before, you know, the lines were drawn in the sand and we started hating each other uh, <laughs> during the teenage years. You know how that goes. Um, but, yeah, Vito Adventure is absolutely... It was, a, it was a rental that became a purchase. Uh, after I realized how fucking good it was. Uh, so, yeah. Same. Uh, and I gotta say, there's probably a lot of uh, games because that was one of the first 
true joystick we got on a console game it was, and yeah. that, that came native. You didn't have to buy it separately. Yep. Uh, my sleeper hit is also a racing game and also a game that I think I drunkenly mentioned in the 64. Just hold my hand when you say it, please. And that Go would ahead. be Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, Diddy mm. Kong Racing. Yeah. Nobody, I did not be pod racing. Yeah. You, talk, you gushed about pod racing. I, I actually uh, thought you were going to say pod racing. I feel, I feel cheap him. now that's because fine. that's why I gave you my hand and then you went away from pod oh, racing. Hold please, that's later in the show. Oh, oh, we'll oh, I'm get sorry. There. We'll get there. Okay. Oh, fucking spoilers. She's well, a shit, guy. Layer oh, you were talking. Layer that shit in there. Okay. Holy shit. No, Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, Played it at a friend's house, and I was just amazed that you could drive, or you could boat, or you could fly, and in some cases, multiple of those in the same course, and it was rid- way, way more fun than I possibly thought of us, so I went to the Toys R Us that we worked at before that time, and there it was, and it, I remember it being cheaper than I thought it was going to be, and I beat that game, I got, uh, I think I meddled out everything, got the, the mirror modes, and it was just a lot of fun, a lot of high-quality racing game. And to this day, someone's like, hey, man, you want to sit down and play a game? There's very few games that I will immediately get, like, unnecessarily aggressive about. <laughs> the way I feel like, hey, man, I bet I could take you in Diddy Kong Racing. I'm like, the fuck you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to go down. You better call your doctor and make an appointment now because you're about to have back trouble when I fucking stomp you. <laughs> Noah, you said that to your daughter. <laughs> yeah. She knows what she's done. In this house, we play for keeps. <laughs> so, Mac, what's your uh, what's your sleeper hit? So, you know, as I was getting ready for this episode, I kind of looked through a lot of you know a lot of lists. I went through a lot of different articles online about the Nintendo sixty four, and just trying to gear up on some things that maybe I didn't know about that you guys might talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo sixty four for me was like was was my was my system. I bought this with my own money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was starting to kind of like ramp up to like working like little jobs and stuff like that where I was getting like some semi-regular paychecks and things like that so you know a lot of the games for the 64 I bought with my own money you know it got some stuff for holidays and everything and birthdays and stuff but this was really mine wasn't my brother's my brother never got into Nintendo 64 or anything like that so this was kind of mine um but the game that I played and I played the shit out of this game that wasn't really mentioned on any lists. It wasn't mentioned on any top 100 or 50 or any games like that. Was Mortal Kombat 4. Mm. Oh, yeah. I fucking loved Mortal Kombat 4. That's a great choice. Weapons you do Mortal fucking Kombat. love Mortal Kombat. I, I do in love, any form. I do love Mortal Kombat in any form. But this game, the reason why I'm mentioning this, because you know, it could have went in other directions. Some of the games that I would maybe talk about here, we're not talking about in this episode. But... The fact that it was a three-dimensional fighting space, mm-hmm. and that's like the first three-dimensional fighting space in any fighting game that I ever really got into. You had the weapons, you know, you could sidestep, you could strike, but the game also, and this is what really got me, were that you had achievements to unlock. Mm. The more and more you played, the more and more you fought, you would earn achievement points that you could go into the fucking vault and buy characters yep. and buy, you know arenas mm. and buy all sorts of stuff and that was the first game that i ever really played where it's like well shit you know well, you can you can earn some stuff here yeah and there are some achievements that were really 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 difficult to unlock which meant i just had to keep fucking playing and playing and playing and playing and i mastered maybe six characters in that game scorpion was my number one because i loved his fucking sword but like i got really good at that game um, and, and what's really sad about this is that I don't know if I've ever even played that game with anybody. No. Because, like, none of my friends that I that I that had Nintendo 64s got into Mortal Kombat. Mm. 
they're into the wrestling games. They're into some sports games that I'll talk about. They're in, obviously, Goldeneye and some of the other games we're going to talk about on these lists. Not MK4. Nobody was really into MK4, but I was so fucking into it. And I just played it ad nauseum, man. Oh, I think the, the best thing that game did when the Mortal Kombat series has stayed with it the entire time was take the, the campaign and turn it into a story mode. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, yes. and you're like, what, what is going on with Chinook and all of these, and like, you know, like the consequences well, and more specific detailed cutscenes for endings when you beat it with certain characters. Well, and that's the thing, is too, is that that's why you play, that's why I got good with like five or six characters because I got really that? into all the different stories that Some a lot of, of these characters. tragic endings. Oh, yeah. Win, man. yeah. I also like the game because it kind of flipped the switch on Mortal Kombat a little bit because through one, two, and to an extent three, you had the main grouping of characters pretty much through those three games when you got to four they really switched it up and half the at least half the characters if not more from the previous games were gone and they brought in a whole new set of fighters Mm -hmm. with different stories and it really expanded that world and i just i just fucking dug it it's a great game it's fun yeah i mean you know take a game like mortal kombat that's so heavily focused on the combat and the fighting piece of it when you add that story element it adds a whole layer of prolonged gameplay to it that you typically don't get from a standard fighting game. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't get that from the previous generations. This was one of the first times you had an operating system with the with the Nintendo 64 that could do that. So, it's yeah. very true. No, it was yeah. excellent. Excellent stuff. Ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Too far. Yeah, uh, for me what uh, one of the sleeper hits or games that really surprised me when I played it the first time and you mentioned it earlier was Turok Dinosaur Hunter there it is Turok Uh, fucking love Turok and we all love you know I love first person shooters and it was so different yeah and the first mission when you're like crawling through the jungle and hunting this dinosaur with a bow and arrow I was like this is pretty fucking dope yep Uh, unlike anything I had ever played before at that point uh, and me and my brothers we were super into Turok when when it came out I think we rented it and then ended up buying it, um, but yeah, for me that that's that's one of those ones that was like, holy shit, that's a pretty good fucking game. You yep. you feel like a full on badass as yeah. Turok, the dinosaur oh, yeah. hunter. You're a fucking yeah. dinosaur yeah. hunter. I feel like yeah. fucking predator. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going as, through as the jungle. Yeah. You start to realize that there are like cheats and stuff to make yeah, all the, the enemies next have part. big yeah. heads and stuff, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go back and th- play through this whole thing yeah. again. Yeah. Which, yeah. The sequels were all shit. But uh, the first Turok. Turok 2's multiplayer was what I consider a passable holdover multiplayer. If you wanted something more violent than GoldenEye, not as good, but more violent than GoldenEye, Turok 2 with like the cerebral bore and shit, yeah. you could, it could hold you over, but then when Perfect Dark oh, came out. I forgot about that. Yeah. Fuck. It got you. So, yeah. good shit. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. The meat and potatoes. I thought there were no potatoes, you motherfucker. Oh, you know what? You 100% meat. said there'd be no potatoes. Now you're talking about The last episode of the podcast, all you did was talk about your meat, and now you're fucking giving us potatoes, oh, too? We'll no, get there, to there are no later. potatoes, because you said there'd be no potatoes. I, I promised that there were no potatoes, and you know what? It's like one of those fucking shitty cake shows. They're like, let's make the cake look like something else. It's a baked <laughs> potato, and then you fucking cut it open, and Damn it's it. more meat inside. Uh, Robbing. Uh, ready for it. I watch that. Do you watch that shit? Who the fuck would watch that People watch that shit. I know. This is like, like people are like, why is society failing? No, like because people are more interested in like how to make something else yeah. that's not cake. They're like, is it cake? cake? Or, or is it, it not? Cake? Or is it not Who cake? Who cares? I also don't like cake. So it's like this idea. It's like, why are we fucking making whole entire shows about making cake look like a purse, and then no one eats it? They're like, let's just cut it open. All right, moving the fuck along. I bring cake wars. Fucking cake eaters. Fucking cake. I don't like cake. Fuck you. Oh, that's his name. <laughs> 
fuck you not liking cake. Dave loves cake. I and Mortal Kombat. I love cake. Get him a Mortal Kombat. If you, if I, cake, oh, him a his fucking life cake. is over. Like, that's I'm it. I'm not going to fucking lie to you. I'm sure there's a point in time sometime in, like, you know, 2000 that I was sitting there playing Mortal Kombat 4 and having cake. It <laughs> I probably... I, I can almost I'm guarantee that it happened. But the, the bread and butter. No potatoes. Here is... You know, I, what I like... And we usually take, like, an hour and a half just to get through this part of an episode... But we've been doing top fives lately. So instead of doing our round-robin top five, because we were both too drunk and you guys weren't on the show last time, to really put put some form on I'd like to just everyone go through starting and you go down your five up to your number one. If you want to say a little bit about a game, that's fine. Uh, and we'll keep it moving so we can get to, uh, to something else. But what is our top five? This is big. Nintendo 64 game. You want me to start? Go for it. Sure. I'll start. I'll start it off. I, I feel like I never start these things, so I'll set it up here. So, uh, first of all, honorable mentions, just to give it to you. I like Mario Golf. I think it's an underrated Mario game. It I is, love Mario Golf and not, Mario Tennis. It is yep. not underrated. That, is, those games were yeah. phenomenal. Those games are so good. So uh, good. Mar- Mario Golf, Paper Mario. Mario Tennis was good, but I think Mario Golf just had more unlock, mm-hmm. more gameplay time. Uh, and there was a racing game to the note once, I think, called Extreme G. Uh, was, I really like, thought in your conversation about Mario that you're going to say there's a little racing game they might have heard of called there's Mario. A little racing game they might have heard of. What's about a time? It's called uh, Mario Kart. There was uh, South Park Racing, which was, was also a shitty South- fucking game. That was a not a good experience. <laughs> I believe what you're talking about is South Park Rally. And sure. uh, I had it for the Dreamcast. And it was just as shitty on the Dreamcast <laughs> as it was on any other system that it appeared for. But dear God, uh, it was South Park. Uh, no, so those three were on my uh, Extreme G, like a futuristic motorcycle racing game. Um, it was one of the first games I bought of my own money. I got it like probably like 10, 15 bucks somewhere. Beat it, unlocked. It was it was fun. One of the first games uh, that I ever learned to like, drift in with the, with the joystick and stuff. Number five for me is Goldeneye, the Godfather of all games, and still one of my favorite video game soundtracks ever. Um, what could we say that we haven't said? Right. Ad nauseum and right. played. Awesome. It is Goldeneye. If you don't fucking know, fuck you. And you know what? And your mom, too. Not what your dad. What did mom do? But what? She birthed you. The person who doesn't know or want to know about Goldeneye, she lets you crawl <laughs> your sorry ass out of her uterus. She should have shut that shit up and let you just struggle your own way out. Then she would have been able to say, you know what? I tried to keep him out of the world, and he just he just kept going. So fuck you and your mom. But you know what? Your grandma, she cool. Hey, girl. Graham's always cool. Graham's always cool. Hey Number girl. four. Uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer. Yes. There it is. Number no, four. No, take my hand. Now again. I'll hold it. Hold it. <laughs> Just do <laughs> it. There it is. Mm. You fucking dropped uh, Diddy Kong racing on me, and I felt cheap. You can't. I thought you were like, oh, he's, he feels strongly about thought, Diddy Kong. I thought he's going right into fucking mm, Star Wars no. Pod Racer, and he drops Diddy Kong on me. I'm like, yeah. Because it's number four. One of the only games that I've bought for every possible console that I've ever seen it, and I will continue to do so. In 2048, when they're on the PlayStation 7. And it's all kind of you can get like you know you 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 literally pay for DLC with your own blood, <laughs> and, they, and they refuse to patch it. Uh, I'll still get Episode One Racer. Um, at that point, time. you'll be in the Pod Racer. Like, yeah. At that point, oh. PlayStation Seven is going to be a full VR experience, when, and you're going to be in the fucking cockpit spitting on Anakin. When my we do this podcast, I'm already always at twenty five percent, but you just bumped me up to a forty right there. Just a picture of that. That would be. It's good to know that, that Dave did that. Yes. <laughs> You know, earlier when we were talking about what's new with you, it was like, oh, I'm clean eating. Oh, I've done a bunch of weddings. Oh, it's a high school football season. We never got to me. It's probably good. I'm at 25. 
I don't know. I was like, you know, lately I've just been keeping myself at a constant three quarters. You know, like just like never let myself go far below. And if I ever feel it, you just go into the bathroom. You you whip it up. Sometimes you do it right in front of people. They don't. They're like, surely he's not. Never let yourself get to a full hundred. But it keeps your blood regulation. When, when it know? happens to you at work, do you just when somebody asks you about it, you just go, "It's the pleats." <laughs> no, no. I'm like, what are you looking at? Don't act like you're not impressed. The whole idea is that I want to get fake hands so I can have those up here, and like just like this. And meanwhile, I'm just I'm just keeping it. Less than 100. Oh, so you're keeping it at 100? No, 75. 75 is optimal thing because you can always have a gear to go to. But if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're in a show-in situation, 75 is admirable, right? Because that's like that's not all you got. You still give a little bit more, but you're uh, you're you're showing you're showing your hand a little bit. This is how people develop long-term blood pressure problems. Moving on. What's your number four? <laughs> uh, that was my number four. That was four. Oh, number three Jesus. is Perfect Dark. Uh, I, I enjoy it more than GoldenEye, not because I think the soundtrack isn't as good, but the multiplayer is incredible. Mm. It's an incredible game, when, especially when you added that Donkey Kong expansion pack to that thing, and you fired up all those bots, and you got homies with the X-ray gun, yep. just like shooting, and then you take the floating thing, and you put the remote mines, and you push it into the room that all the bots are climbing, and you just fucking light people up. Mm. Mm. Take, it take did everything now. that GoldenEye did, but did it infinitely better. Yeah, yeah. it elevated the genre. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, okay, GoldenEye wasn't a one-off. This has legs. In Perfect Dark, is there. Number two. Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yes. The filthiest video game that mm. I've ever played on a console. I fucking mm. love it. And it was on the Nintendo. Yeah. That's the fucking kicker to this whole thing. Oh, my God. Is I mean, that it was on the Nintendo. It had yeah. titties and mountains of shit and Saving Private Ryan oh and Ninja Teddy Bears and Monty Python-esque humor and drunken squirrels as your main protagonist. And it had everything. It had everything. Uh, I, I just want to point out there's like three different rare games on your list. There's a reason for that. There is I mean, a reason. I, I, yeah. I'm just like, that's pretty interesting. I, I, I recently thought that Rare had the whole world in its hands and it could have done anything until it came out with, uh, what was it, Jet Force Gemini. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the third person shooter is the bugs and the... That's what led to them being bought by Microsoft. Guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. And number one, I mean, call it basic if you want, but it's the truth. It's the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I want you to know that as you started to introduce that, my balls started to tingle. It's the So, they did. let me get this straight. You're making his balls tingle and you're giving him a 25. Maybe a 50. 40. 40. You gotta get it right. Pound it. Yeah, and now mm. you're pounding it. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Hey, listen, what are you pounding? friends pound Whatever. other yeah. friends. Pound other friends. <laughs> when another friend asks to be pounded, you pound them because we're boys. Twenty years of pounding it. You you act like we didn't live together for five years. Uh, yeah, but I don't remember any of the pounding or anything like that. If you get pounded with forty oh. percent, you know that's like pushing a rope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, there you go. Oh, there's that. With and, that, and with that, Max, the floor is yours. Max, All right, what's your top five. All right, so let's go honorable mention here. So, um, Goldeneye would be in my top five, but as uh, you know, I thought if you even though no, 100 percent just putting. He did. So, like, I kind of, I kind of feel I'm not putting Goldeneye. In there. I mean, but it's, Goldeneye it's is definitely list. number five. So. Um, my honorable mention would uh, include uh, Majora's Mask. Mm. Uh, and as you mentioned that there were about 70 racing games for the Nintendo 64. 
My favorite of those was F Zero. I loved that F Zero. That game F Zero X, right? Yeah, F Zero yeah. X. I don't know where that game went. It's it disappeared from my from my collection. It's it's and it disappeared not like recently. It disappeared like when the Nintendo sixty four. Somebody borrowed that game or took it from my house and just never gave it back. Uh, and I've always kind of struggled to find it since. But like one day I will reacquire that game. Mm. Um, but I just. It just loved the three-dimensional space again that the game kind of played in, even though it still kind of kept you on a two-dimensional track. But, you know, you did the inversions, you did the the, the, the big loops, and mm -hmm. the, uh, just all the... Up, like, the it's, backgrounds. The backgrounds were so, beautiful ooh, in that oh game. Oh, my God, they were gorgeous. Yeah. And I, and I kind of like that because you have a simple, really, engine in terms of how the game's played. It gave you the opportunity when you developed that game to make a lot of the other stuff around it pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so yeah, that would be included in my honorable mention. Uh, number five is going to be Rogue Squadron. Mm, beautiful game. There was something to be said about the quality of the Star Wars games that came out for the Nintendo 64. Um, and there were a lot of good games that were coming out at that point. And Star Wars was able to kind of like take the leap. You know, the Nintendo games were always kind of like, well, they're, they're Star Wars games, so we'll play them. But they weren't really great. Super Nintendo, they tried to be better. Nintendo 64, I think, is when, you know, Lucas Gaming and everything. They really um, leaned into it because the PlayStation, they had, like, Star Wars Star Forces, and they got a chance to, like, okay, here's okay. But you had that, Shadows of the Empire, and, and already out. The battle, you, you had Battle you had, uh, battle for Naboo that well, came out. Those well, two were out before you ever started the yeah. prequels were even a thing. Right. Right? So... Yep. Um, and I think I played Rogue Squadron almost as much as I played Mortal Kombat. That I just kept so playing good. that game. Um... Number four, one we mentioned here already, Perfect Dark. Mm. Again, everything that that Goldeneye was and Rare was like, all right, we, we've we've shown you our dick. Now let me show you what it looks like at 100%. <laughs> which Noah can't get to 100% because our table will get knocked over. Yeah. Appreciate it. You're welcome. We appreciate you for <laughs> not, appreciate you for not getting that that, uh, that that into it. I do it for you. We we know. Uh, number three, Conquer, Bad Fur Day. Mm. Just for the beginning alone, oh just for saving Private Ryan, basically shot for shot with a fucking squirrel. Just is so fucking great. Uh, and the entire premise of the game is that the, this evil king needs a squirrel-sized thing to keep his chair from falling down, so he doesn't spill his milk. That's your that's your MacGuffin. Yeah. Yep. And, and to go on this whirlwind adventure, and it leads to tits and poop and all kinds and horny ass bees fucking a flower. Is because a guy needed a squirrel. It's awesome. Continue. Number two, as you mentioned, not on your list, but you mentioned it just recently, Shadows of the Empire. Mm. To me, the first Star Wars game that I ever played that got it right. Yeah. And the fact that in the game, just, first off, it's happening simultaneously as Empire Strikes Back, basically. Yeah. And you see sh you're in some of those levels, but you're not you know, in the Battle of Hoth, you kind of are, but like you see the Falcon taken off before you're before as Dash Rendar, you're getting to your fucking ship and everything. Yeah, but Hoth. That there are points in time where you're playing as Dash Rendar, and there are points in times where you're just fucking flying the ship. That you that you have the ability to kind of go in between gameplay, where Rogue Squadron is only just flying the ships and doing the battles and everything. That this goes in between, and it tells a nice. It's a great side story that goes along with what's going on in Star Wars 2. Again, one of the first times, unless you read the, the you know expanded universe books and things, that you got any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, true. 
Uh, and then, of course, number one, which really needs no fanfare, is Superman. the <laughs> is the yes, it is uh, the Legend of Zelda: The Ocarina of Time, which I I hold to be the greatest video game ever made, if not in the top three. And, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's and really you almost have to argue. You almost have to argue down to three, in that case. That that game to me was just so so expansive, so beautiful, taking so challenging. It's it's almost perfect. It's as close to per- it was as close to perfect as a game had gotten to that point. Yeah. And there's a reason why instinctually, it's like someone said, "Quick, quick, name the greatest game of all time." You will almost certainly. Like find yourself in the neighborhood of Ocarina, because it was, it checked all the boxes at a time when we didn't know gaming could do that. It was such Good a list. it was such a big deal for me with that game coming out. So my my rule of thumb is for Nintendo system, that I will buy the Nintendo system when one of two games becomes available to it, a Zelda or a Metroid. As soon as one of those games comes out, I'm buying Take the system. Yeah. Whether I've gotten it like ahead of time or not, that's yeah. what I'm doing. And uh, I made sure to pre-order that game, so I got the gold cartridge with it and everything. Oh, and that was so it was so it. important oh. to do that. And I did that with my own money. That so it was a really cash money these yeah, days. That was even um, without a box. Yeah. And um, yeah, just that game is and and the fucking Water Temple, right? I say Water Temple. Fuck everybody water has temple. PTSD. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> it's the one thing Nintendo's like. I'm never changing or ever doing anything. But we'll do it one time. Never yeah. told that shit again. Future ports of Ocarina would have the water temple fixed because it would. It would. It would I've never. I don't think I ever cursed at a TV like that. <laughs> the frustration that, that level created yeah. for an entire generation like, of children. Like me staying up to like three, four o'clock in the morning, when I would never stay up to three, four o'clock in the morning, just in my room, just trying to figure it out. Like I remember, even like when you become like grown up Link and everything, and you're in the future, like the 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 first temple where the fucking horse is coming out of the paintings. No, oh, yeah, like that shit scared me. Yeah. Like as is a kid, like I was oh, expecting the that kind guys of stuff. That would yeah, grab you from the ceiling. Yeah, fuck with me straight up. Yeah, this game has everything, and it's so expansive that as an adult you have to have a fucking horse to just go across. Yeah, or, or yeah, and then, heaven forbid you don't have your horse and it's nighttime. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's an incredibly ambitious title. You know, for yeah. what it was doing and the, and the story it was telling and how big the game was. So yeah, I mean, Also at that point in time, nobody knew what a fucking ocarina was. I yeah, mean, no, should I still no. <laughs> It was on my keyboard as a kid. I'm like, what is this? Is this, a, is this nobody a... knew that was an actual instrument. Yeah. Right? Right? Flute. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Nintendo. Uh, yeah. But all you can play is a Pona song. That's it. That's it. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, excellent list by Thank the you way. Very Some much. really good choices. I'll, I'll get mine out of the way. So since we're doing honorable mentions, uh, my honorable mention uh, would have to honestly be Perfect Dark, which is you know as much as I, I think that Perfect Dark is superior to Goldeneye, I spent way more time in Goldeneye than I did oh, Perfect absolutely. Dark. Uh, so and, and, that yeah, and Goldeneye of, is basically the br- the blueprint, mm-hmm. and then everything that they needed to do from a dev standpoint to make GoldenEye better yeah. is perfect dark. Mm-hmm. So, like, my list is based... I mean, Ocarina of Time is one of the greatest games ever made, but this is my favorites. Uh, and I, well, although I hold that game in a very high regard, uh, I think that 
it's definitely not one of my favorites. I enjoyed the fuck out of it, of course. Uh, played the shit out of it, but... I look at games, my type of games that I enjoy, the ones that I can just continuously keep fucking playing. Yeah. It's just the replay value is just there. Uh, so, right off the bat, like I said, Perfect Darks uh, is the runner-up. Number five is GoldenEye. Mm. Game's amazing. We talked about it at nauseum. As Noah said, please check it out in the archives. It's a, it's a, it's a fun episode. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> so, number four... Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised it's not on anybody's list thus far, uh, but Pilot Wing '64 is <sighs> so fucking. That was good. a launch title. It was. God, yeah, man, and showing off the the hardware, what it could and do, what it was capable and it's of. Fun. Yeah. Like, and the thing about Pilot Wings, it, it was it's just you're just fucking flying. You're not. There's nothing that you're really doing outside of you know some challenges and things like that. But this was like one of the first um, times I had like a carrot on stick, which would lead yeah. my gaming existence from that point forward. I love a Caradons. I love having something that I gotta chase. You know, an achievement, a time, a lap. You know, I gotta beat the computer's time. You know, I, I love that. And Pilot Wings is the type of game because it was a sandbox game, ultimately. Yep. Yeah. And I love sandbox games. Give me just this space and let me just stick around and do what I want to do in it. Uh, and, and I played that game way more than I had any business playing it. Um, and because there was a period where I, I mean... You know, no one's made of money. Video games were, were not cheap back in those nope. days. So, you know, with my allowance, I could pick up a game every so often. My parents were like, yeah, we're not buying you a fucking game every month. So, like, there was a period where, like, I only had, like, two games. And Pilot Wings was one of the first games I had. So I played the shit out of it. But it was a fun experience. Graphically, for its time, was great. I mean, it was a fun game. Anyhow. Pilot Wings was excellent. Yeah. See, I think the reason why I didn't get into Pilot Games is because I didn't know what to do with a sandbox game. Like, I was so conditioned that, you know, you're you going... You to have a mission. You had you, to, I need a mission. I need a yeah. goal. I need an objective. I need a time to beat. I need, like... I need an ending to the level that I have to get through, you know, like a side-scroller. And this, when that came out, it's almost like I, 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 I couldn't unlearn what I'd learned. So that's the best part of Pilot Wings. It was like, well, what do you do? I, I would just explore. Yeah. I would just... I would try to find the weird... Spe- try to land on a, a, a mountaintop that... You mean, can I land on that? I'm gonna fucking land on that. Yep. You see that over there? I'm gonna fucking go there. What's over there? I don't know what's over I, there. We're gonna find out. There's a couple of the 64 games that were like, well, what, well, what the fuck do I do? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Go do something. Just yeah. have fucking fun. Um, uh, so that's number four. Number three, uh, Pokemon Snap uh, mm. is uh, the only Pokemon game that I've ever played, uh, ever. Uh, and has a whole a really s- specific spot in my heart because it, it introduced me to photography. Yeah, what a unique concept. It was such shit. a fun. It yeah. was just a fun Excellent game. game. Yeah. Um, and it was just it was just enjoyable. The Man, whole experience. Yeah, was there's enjoyable. a there's a a soft spot in my heart for the Pokemon games. That Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon games that are out on the Switch today, like. They're you, good fucking games. You've always yeah. been a They're Pokemon good guy. It's always been you've there. always been a and Pokemon may, may I be guy. proud to say that Pokemon Snap still holds up today? They just put it on the Switch's virtual console, yeah. 64. It still holds up. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, it's, like, it's still just as much fun. Is that that original 151 before they had like ice cream cones that were floating as Pokemon? Like you knew you were like looking for them. Like, where's, where's well, my that guy? was the, the. It was just you know talk about like an objective, right? Your job, fucking catch them on camera. Yeah. That's cool as shit, actually. Did you, Be- you know, uh, what? Did you ever go to the Blockbuster and do the printing? The oh, fuck stickers? No, 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 They printed out your reel there, and I had like little stickers. No, I was, no, I was not into was, it quite that. That was unnecessary to do, and it was just trying to get you into a Blockbuster. But by God, I was, 
they were going to do it, so I was going to do it. Mm. So, you guys had better parents than I did when it came to video games during that time, because my parents never took me to fucking Blockbuster. Instant Replay was closing, Family Video hadn't opened, and I was fucking on my own. Instant <laughs> Replay and Levin and Shops, though. That's I a popcorn right Inst- there. Man. I loved Instant Replay. You never went to Ego Video? Uh, not, not they Did they have games there? They did. Uh, I don't yeah. remember Nintendo 64 games being there. Oh, they did like, when I moved to Pittsburgh, that was like the end of the era of Eagle Video. Jimmy Mac and Barbie Mac were never. T- First off, I was never waking up in like Saturday morning early right. enough to go grocery shopping with my parents, but they weren't going to go to like Eagle Video and go, um, what's the popular Nintendo 65 game that my son would like to play? <laughs> uh, Superman? Okay, I'll try, I'll try that. Can I take a super short story about Eagle Video? For our listeners that are not local to the Pittsburgh region, uh, Eagle Video was. <laughs> Was uh, the video rental store located in a chain of supermarkets in Pittsburgh? I got the Eagle Video in Swickley in trouble uh, because when Dreamcast was out, the Eagle Video had Fantasy Star Online for rent. You're not allowed to rent Fantasy Star Online because one copy is tied to the registration code on your Dreamcast. So I, I rented it and it wouldn't work for me because someone else had already registered it. So instead of taking it back to Eagle Video, I called Sega's helpline. The U.S. Sega Helpline, and I'm like, I rented this game. I'm like, what do you mean you rented this game? This game is specifically not to be rented. And they're like, where did you rent it from? So I, I totally <laughs> you got that on shit Eagle shut Video down and Swickley. Uh and I was like, I don't know what Sega did, and I never went back there and rented. Now it you again. know why I couldn't Took rent video games from Eagle Video anymore. Yeah, I did. You, I, I broke it. I'm sorry. Well, you know what? Don't fuck with Sega, man. Yeah, that's right. They killed the Dreamcast. Um, but yeah, that, it, that's why uh, Pokemon Snap's in my top three. It's a special place. And anybody you guys know me, I I do dabble in my photography, and it, it that absolutely started my interest in it. It's awesome. Uh, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Um, number two, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it for reasons, but No Mercy is my number two. WWF No Mercy is still, without question to me, the singular greatest wrestling game ever made. It is. Hands, um, down. Hands down. And it cannot be, it cannot be understated. It cannot be overstated. It cannot be stated, period. It cannot be expressed with the human <laughs> language properly how important this game was for wrestling fans every fucking where. Yep. In Still America. We is. didn't have access to fucking Fire Pro Wrestling like everybody else fucking did around the world. So, for us, it was like THQ, Aki, whatever the fucking other developer was called, and this is what we had. We had the OG WWE vs. The World, uh, World Tour, Revenge, WrestleMania 2000, then like the pinnacle it didn't get any better uh simple fucking simple but complex gameplay fun before they were mo-capping everything it was all fucking hand animated Mm -hmm. so everything looked vicious everything looked like it fucking hurt the character anyhow uh many hours of my life i spent Mm -hmm. and the only reason it's not number one the only reason it's not number one is because it's too fucking obvious for me it's like of course it's a wrestling game of course it's in your top three uh but no mercy i is is it, it, it probably is my favorite game of all time? Yeah. If it weren't for one other that yeah, I spent it's more also time one of my playing. favorite multiplayer games. Oh god, me and my brothers burned so many hours. Fucking hell of a cell matches, your yeah. ladder matches, the fucking fun awesome. that yeah. you have. We recently played after Fourth of July. We had a barbecue and we went in and we put it That's on right. the hardest difficulty <laughs> and we played a Royal Rumble and with a couple of. It was beers a lot deep. of fun. It was a lot of fun, and I am proud to say that the new WWF champion was May Young. <laughs> at the end of that fucking thing. <laughs> 40-person Royal Rumble. It was incredible. It was it was not easy. So, so, number one. So can I can I say that I've never played that game? For real? You can't say. For real. We're gonna fix that. I've I had I had It's done, in his queue. No no no, it's not. 
Uh, I have <laughs> I have I have WWF Attitude. Yeah. And I have WWF Warzone. Those were the two games that I had for the Nintendo 64. That is actually unfortunate. That is very gross. <laughs> I never. Those I were never, not great games. No, listen, I never had uh, No Mercy. None of my friends had No Mercy. Like That's it just wild. it didn't happen. I didn't have f- you guys. It then, was one man. of the few black cartridges, which was awesome. Mm. I never had you guys then, so like it just it didn't it didn't happen. We will have a day. Oh man, you gonna learn? It's literally over there with four controllers. And it's so fun. waiting for it to happen. It's fantastic. It's yeah. you, like Noah and I were like, oh yeah, we're gonna play this on the hardest difficulty. Yeah, that shit's. Yeah, the computer's not a fucking joke. Oh no, and, and no, 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 no. I used to we, be good we at we that game. A, we played a first match to warm up. Like, wow, we're just we're just whooping ass. And then we looked, and it was on easy difficulty. I'm like, oh, okay, we're just gonna bump this up. I've I've I think I have been in bar fights that were less vicious to me than that computer <laughs> in the Royal Rumble. Jones has got just absolutely just destroyed. It was just it was Rumble a whole was awesome. lot of ass whipping. It wasn't me whipping the ass. What's your number one? Uh, but yeah, that would be num- my number one if it hey, weren't man. for this one. And that is, in my opinion, for me in my gaming experience, the greatest game for Nintendo 64 ever fucking made. That's 1080 snowboarding. Uh, 1080 fucking snowboarding <sighs> is no question had no business being as good as it was. No. Zero business being as good as it was. The fuck I, I don't even know who fucking developed that game. Nintendo did. Fuck them. First good, party. good for them. They put so much effort into it on every level. Um, and it is one of the first... And again, that carried on the stick. Being able to master the different moves. Trying to hit a 1080 was such a big fucking deal. Because, I mean, it's... Who fucking does a 1080, right? Uh, I spent many, many, many hours just playing the game by myself. Just in the game the music was great the soundtrack was great i still some songs like i still kind of kind of hear it in my head a little bit uh the the controls were intuitive the graphics not amazing but they're fine uh there were there were cheats there were secrets there were things to unlock there was just things to do um it's just it's not the perfect game but i think it's my number one mainly because it's not a first person shooter it's not an rpg the stuff i normally like it came out of nowhere so hard. I don't. I've never fucking snowboarded a day in my life. I've skied like three fucking times. I'm never gonna do any of this shit. That's three more than I've ever skied. Right? Fair enough. I. I. But I don't it was, have the ankles for it. I already know that. So. But it was Wait so now. well done and so that the controls are so damn tight that you could master it. Easy to pick up, difficult to master, and that's stuff I like. So, uh, 1080 snowboarding, far and away, my favorite Nintendo 64 game ever made. Solid oh, list. Great nice. list. Great list. Yeah. Solid. Jafar, it's up to you. Fuck. Be gentle. No, <laughs> be just gentle. Kidding. Gentle, yet firm. Mm. Uh, so, as I've mentioned on this show before, and I will mention again in the future, anytime we talk about Nintendo, I'm the biggest whore for Nintendo. I've been a Nintendo fanboy since the early days. Uh, the games that are on my list... Every single one of these games has been mentioned, with the exception of one, which I'm surprised was not on anybody's list. Uh, I did not include No Mercy or Goldeneye, uh, just because there are going to be or were shows dedicated to those. So I didn't include them on the list. There were rules that people here just said, fuck it. Otherwise, otherwise both of those games would have been worked in. Honestly, I I took No Mercy out. Because obviously, like No Mercy is like its own separate creature to me, but like I could not, in good conscience, think of another game that would replace No Mercy and Goldeneye to make that list. Yeah. So I was like, all right, No Mercy goes away, Goldeneye's there. No Mercy, I, can, I understand that. I, you know, 
No Mercy, I think I might like have sex with my wife. You know what I mean? Like, that's how high I put No Mercy is having sex with your wife right now. She probably. She, based on how long we podcast, typically, she's probably be like, God, as long as it makes them angry. Just tweet it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, marriage. Honorable uh, mentions. And uh, that you'll see the majority of my list are either first uh, party titles made by Nintendo, mm-hmm. uh, or there's a couple rare games in there. Yeah, of course. Uh, honorable mention. Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Saddest game. Love uh, it. Fantastic game. It was sort of the next evolution of Ocarina of Time. There's sort of this presence of menace, but urgency at the same time, because it's basically, time. for those who haven't played the game, it's basically is on a three-day loop. Every three days, the moon crashes into the planet, and everyone dies, and it resets. Uh, and you have to figure out how to prevent that, and you turn into all these different things through the various masks. Great game, amazing concept, mm-hmm. great open world. Uh, it's no Ocarina of Time, but it's worth a mention. I like that that game got a lot, because I didn't think that game got the credit it deserved when it was out for the Nintendo 64 necessarily by most people. But I know working at Toys R Us, working electronics, when they re-released that um, on the um, fucking... GameCube. The game, uh, was it GameCube? There was a what? promo for the GameCube that had no, both... Uh, and sixty four. I'm trying to think which which handheld it was. I think it was the uh, yeah 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 the DS. DS. Yeah, it was a three DS game, and uh, that game was hugely popular for people. And I and I like that it got the credit it deserved. And I got a touch up graphically too, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. great game. Uh, Perfect Dark, uh, one of my favorite multiplayer games. Awesome. And Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which was on Dave's list. Excellent game. Uh, Great game. You got to play as Luke Skywalker, fly some shit. Uh, They actually that game came out. Right when episode one came out, uh, and the developers were working on the episode one level for six months, they weren't allowed to talk about it uh, before episode one came out. Um, fun story there, but uh, great fucking game. Uh, into my top five, uh, leading off number five, 1080 snowboarding. I fucking love that it's game. It's gotta be on it's excellent. It is it's so good. To the Tony Hawk games. Is yeah, like, yeah, and it it paved the way for SSX Tricky, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite GameCube games. Um, it paved the way for the evolution of Tony Hawk Pro Skater and and everything that's come since it. And it's just such a, it was such a unique experience. Like especially then, because it was, you know, in the late '90s that game came out in April of '98, and that it was sort of like. The late 90s, people were, like, re-experiencing skateboarding. Yeah. Snowboarding was taking off. And extreme sports was becoming a big thing. Um, so that was the answer to that that call in the market. Uh, and Nintendo fucking nailed it. Uh, number four, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Mm. I mean, that was a very late life si- in the life cycle of Nintendo 64. It came out in 2001, which was the same year the GameCube came out. So it was, like, way at the end. Um but it's so fucking good. It is such I mean, a good it's game. so good. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. Uh, from the design to the redonkulousness of the fucking story and just the absurdity and the vulgarity from what looks like a kid's game uh, was fucking awesome. It is a hard M. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It is. Uh, to the point where... Did you? Did anyone play the Xbox re- the original Xbox remaster they tried to do of it? Uh, Conquer no. Live and Reloaded. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. have it. Yeah. To the point where they toned the game down. Yeah. Years afterward, they toned the game down. Like, all right, leave it alone. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, number three, Super Smash Brothers. There ah, it is. There uh, you go. 
one of uh, one of the best fighting games. There's later Smash Brothers games that are way better, uh, but it sort of set the tone and and gave gamers a new experience with the Nintendo characters yeah, that they grew up just really cool and knew and loved uh, all the years. And it was it was so well designed and that executed. was a gamble. Well, that was a gamble for them oh, it's to a put huge those risk. characters. It was yeah, a huge put risk. Those characters like that yeah. for it not to pay off, and everyone's like, "Well, but it paid." Oh. Yeah, and if you've yeah. looked at how that's evolved, that game came out in early '99. Uh, when I moved to Pittsburgh in fall of 99 in college, we played that game every night. That and Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast, uh, like, nonstop. Soul like, Calibur. like those were our nights for, like, six months straight. There's, any day. There, there's <laughs> something... There's Oogie! Sorry. There's okay. something to be said about the, like, staple Nintendo franchise games that came out as a part of the 64. You know, Mario Party, Smash Brothers, Paper Mario... You know, obviously a three-dimensional Mario game. Um, some of the sports titles, but they had Mario Tennis and stuff for that. But you know, you really kind of got into those games when you got to the 64. But a lot of the, a lot of the staples that you know Nintendo is really famous for, uh, really came out for the 64. Yeah. Yep. Uh, to that note, number two, probably the most important game for the Nintendo 64 is Mario 64. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, revolutionized. Mario as not just a side-scrolling platformer anymore. It was way more open world. I mean, it was the launch title. Uh, I think it's still the number one selling game for the Nintendo 64 in its lifetime. It's an achievement. Yeah. Yeah, and and it it didn't come with a console. Like, it was weird that you used to be able to buy consoles with no games. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Or you could buy games with no console because you couldn't get the fucking console when it came out. Uh, but Mario 64 fucking changed the game. It did. And it, w- it was a huge uh, technological achievement, not just for Nintendo, but for gaming in general. Um, and to see what the capability of of the platform... Actually, the, the computer chips and the technology that's in the Nintendo 64 is the same computer technology that was in NASA's computer when they sent the first shuttle to the moon. Wow. Uh, when Neil Armstrong did it. So to think hmm. about... You have that in your living room as a kid. That's something else. Uh, technology's come a long fucking way. Has come way. a long way. You know, <laughs> now, now we kids, got Artemis. Now kids yeah. have cell phones, yeah. which they can basically hack the Pentagon well, if they really need to. And, and, yeah. I, and I don't want to like drag that on, but uh, you're in your list. But I, I want to, and I, I, we talked about this in the last uh, episode five when we talked about Nintendo 64. But I, I I'm not going to go through the whole story, but it's really when you're a kid. And you knew about Mario 64, Super Mario 64. There was no YouTube videos to watch. There was no. nothing. You, you might have caught a commercial, possibly. Yeah. But it was like your Game Pros, Nintendo Powers, and that's EGM. really what you were rolling with. And you were just looking at these images. You're going, hmm. Filling in the blanks in your head. Yeah. None of it was moving. And then you see it the first time. I was at a Toys R Us Monroeville, and I saw it the first yeah. fucking time. There's they a crowd of those, fucking children. Yeah, they dropped the demo system. And just... In there trying to wrap your head around what you were seeing because you'd never i never seen anything like that before Mm -mm. in person change the game it's like what the fuck and just it's so cool we'll never get that experience again outside of virtual reality you just reminded me something though back in episode five i had tasked you saying hey we're doing these intros for the episode why don't you like give me an intro and so i passed the ball off to you and you went into 
this story that opens the episode about you going to the Monroeville thing. And I'm like, give me like a short intro. You're like, okay, got it. And I'm like, we're rolling. And it was like eight minutes long. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> and so I, I just remember having like, as an animal, I had, to, I had to record the intro. So there was a time inside baseball that I was considering letting the intro be passed along. But we were so drunk and her told this really heartfelt story about seeing Mario 64 at the Monroeville uh, Toys R Us that, no. He accidentally, drunkenly, formed part of the show's identity in that moment. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I'll just handle it. Sometimes <laughs> that's how it goes. Do what I can. Oh. You're welcome, I guess. <laughs> uh, but last, but certainly not least, uh, number one on score sheet, number one in your hearts, mm-hmm. fucking Ocarina of Time, man. Mm. So good. Um, hands down, one of the best games ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just for this system, but any system. Uh, it was so different. I mean, you know, playing the original Zelda games and seeing the evolution of it from like tiny eight-bit sprite link in the original Leg- Legend of Zelda, slash, slash, slash. and then yeah. to see how they were able to execute it on that technology and in that platform, and you still had the puzzles and the fucking dungeons, including the fucking water temple. Uh, Fuck. The ability to ride mm-hmm. Epona and just the openness of it. Uh, we had never experienced anything like that. Even, I mean, you look at Mario 64, like, yes, it was open world to some degree, but it was still, like, within constraints. Mm-hmm. Levels, um, castle, but you, everything else was subdivided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ocarina was really, like, and it's all open. And fucking Ganon. Mm-hmm. You know? Like... Like, like they layered that in there, yeah. Like you, you, you. And I know we'll do an episode on the game because we almost have to. Yeah. But you know, you have Ganondorf that you're dealing with like the whole game, and then like ah, it's over. No. Here comes a gigantic motherfucker because mm-hmm. you had dimension in this game. It's not just you know open world and everything, but you had a much greater perspective of size. Yeah, there's a lot of the scale was fantastic. The scale yeah, was excellent. fantastic. Yeah, and if game. you look at the lore of the Legend of Zelda in the early games, there was no Ganondorf. It yeah. was just Ganon. Like yeah. that's what he was. He was right. this creature, this thing. Uh and to see him in that sort of human form. Yeah. And then to see it evolve is Yeah. What a great fucking game. Jeez. It's <laughs> ambitious, man. It's so good. And the soundtrack to me. Like, some of the most iconic game soundtrack moments to where you hear just a couple of bars or something. You're like, oh, that Song of Storms, Apotus theme, you know, Kakariko Village, everything. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, and it, it holds up so well. Uh, I replayed it not too long ago. And it's like, you look past, like, the choppiness of the 64-bit graphics mm. because you're like, okay, well, look at what Breath of the Wild looks like yeah. now and what Breath of the Wild 2 looks like now compared to what that looks like. But it still plays so well. It's so intuitive. It feels organic. The control's great. The camera's great. Uh, it's all around. Like It deserves all the accolades that it gets. Climbing up inside the Deku tree, learning all the controls, finding the only to realize that you didn't. It, it's too late to stop the Deku tree. Just like, oh, game gets you right in the feels right away, and then it's like, all right, be gone with you. And <laughs> the ability to project and build emotion from a character who doesn't talk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Which, listen. <laughs> that's that's Navi. That's not. Yeah. I know. We all know it. Yeah. Everyone knows. Ah, <laughs> uh, guys, what a what a wonderful journey, and I'm glad we're, we we got a chance to go back to like the first thing and 
and one of the early episodes and really talk about something we can we can like really get our hands on. And speaking of something we can get our hands on. Oh uh, boy. Noah's about to bring out the meat. Oh god. You're all about to get your hands on Noah's meat. Cue the theme song. I'm gonna write a theme song. It's gonna go here. I'm gonna start it in the episode. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna do it at two in the morning. So what is Noah's meat? Well, it's something that you'll never forget. It's a different color than I thought it was going to be. You know, multiple colors. It gets a lot of use. It's got a lot of applications. So sometimes is that, is that a hand groove? Are those finger grooves? Sometimes. Well, you gotta shit. whittle it down. But Noah's meat is a wheel. Now, uh, if you wheel. Uh, so what we've decided to do here today, ladies and gentlemen, is this wheel has eight numbers on it, one through eight, as one often does. I thought about doing different numbers, but that's just too meta. Um, there are eight films on this piece of paper. The numbers one through eight corresponding to the eight films. We're going to spin this after a lot more ballyhoo and build up. And it will tell us what the next film we are reviewing for this podcast is. Now, I thought about just spinning it and then just revealing what it is. But to me personally, I'd like to actually reveal what the options are ahead of time so you can know what we're what we're in for here. So these are eight films, that, and the only criteria of which I chose them were that they were films that we almost certainly would not get to in any reasonable amount of time to talk about here on the podcast. I don't see how they would come up naturally by this committee we have of deciding things. And if possible... We have to either have not seen them, seen them so long ago that we don't remember, or uh, they are bad enough to where it will make you upset. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like this. So, number one is Steel Magnolias. Jesus Christ. The most quintessential of our generation. Uh. Tear-inducing. I don't know. I don't remember it. But Steel Magnolias has a vibe. And I thought, when would we ever? The meat could give it to us. Hey, as, as a theater person, the, meat the fucking provide. reverence of Steel Magnolias. Number yeah. two. Double Dragon. Oh, no. Oh, no, don't, don't. <laughs> no. Is this even a thing? I, did, even I just recently that? had a whole conversation no with Robert Patrick. It. With no, Robert Patrick, and I'm like, I'm gonna mention Double Dragon. I'm gonna mention Double Dragon, and Mary, I was like, No, you don't have the balls. I didn't. He's taller than I thought. I was not gonna mention Double Dragon to Robert Patrick. Double Dragon, number three, Song of the South. What the fuck? Uh, why would we even talk about that? Why would anybody want to talk about because that? Because Disney deserves it. No, <laughs> Disney deserves it. I have, I have an, I have an alternative. If we, oh, if, if it lands on God. Song of the South, uh, you can ask me for an alternate, and you. But it's like may, the forty-eight-hour film festival. You, may you don't like it. your genre. You may, you may regret, regret it. For, for another Number one. four, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Oh Jesus Christ! It's, I haven't seen that movie in fucking forever. I've never seen it. I've told that I have to see it, and I figured if it's I'm going to watch it, something I might as well put it on this podcast. It the is Adventures. Something. A buckaroo bonsai. If that's what it lands on, then my wife insists on being a part of the episode for some reason. I, well, I don't know to anticipate the episode. Number five, Rollerball oh, from God. the 2000s, starring LL Cool J and that dude from American Pie. Yep. Uh, Rollerball. Number six, Elmo and Grouchland. Because <laughs> it stars the dude from The Princess Bride in a movie with Elmo. Why the fuck wouldn't we talk about it? Oh my god. Okay. Number seven, 
Pokemon 2000, the first animated Pokemon movie. Because I have no idea. I saw it once. And I don't think Doc has ever seen the Pokemon movie. No, I've not seen a singular. And I am so genuinely curious as to see how Doc reacts to the first Pokemon feature-length animated movie. Then it might be worth it. And number eight, Dungeons and Dragons 2000. (laughs) (laughs) This is a shitty list. One Dungeons and Dragons wasn't enough. (laughs) So we got Dungeons and Dragons 2000 and Double Dragons. Two different it's movies. A lot There's of dragons. more on that list, everybody, that he hasn't revealed yet. Yes, the uh, I thought that Song of the South might be too controversial for us to pen. I think we should have the balls to do it. Uh, we should do a double episode. You hear of those that. dogs? They're yeah. fucking like fuck you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they took Song of the South off of Splash Mountain at Disney. There's World. a reason why. Yeah, there is a reason why, and we should be Not willing to discuss about, about it. And we could do a double that Hulk Hogan joint episode. Oh my but, god. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there's a wheel. There's a list of movies that we don't want to talk about. And when- we will discuss what movie it is when the wheel decides. Now, gentlemen, uh, do, is there one that you hope that we pick? Is there one that you hope doesn't get picked? I'm gonna just. I'm look. Yes. I'm just gonna go out here. Uh, I'm I'm secretly pulling for Elmo and Grouchland. Let's just go for it. Is there one you don't want to see? Uh, yeah. Uh, Steel Magnolias. Same. That would be the the. My first I, pick for not I think, wanting to watch. I think Steel Magnolias, however, would probably be the funniest one of the group that we could possibly review. Isn't that super serious? It is yes. super cheer jerky <laughs> southern. I don't think I've seen that since Jesus I was a Christ. child. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, None of this is gonna be the easiest one is Elmo and Grouchland. Because <laughs> you can get drunk, yeah. but you're gonna have to talk about it. I think I'm pulling for double dragon. Doc. Uh I pick um, if I had to, what I'm pulling for, uh, uh, maybe uh, Buckaroo Bonsai. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't okay. think I've ever seen that. Yeah, Mac, you ever seen Buckaroo Bonsai? I have. Hey, you know what's up? It's been a, it's been a while. It's quirky. Oh yeah, it's gonna be very simple. This is a cheap wheel. It won't. The anticipation won't be built up very long. However, I've served the right to completely cut out into a long spinning thing uh, here. So are we ready to see what number? No, before is. you spin, what? can I hold on to your meat? You can. Can I give it some, get a little bit extra just be sturdiness? Gentle. That's fine. I mean, you know, you stabilize wait. the meat sometimes. You, sometimes yeah. you just got, you got to grab the base and work with it that way. You uh-huh. know, I'm, I'm, add, add some extra structure to it. I'm a gentleman. I'm gonna warm it up for you. Thank you. You're it welcome. is getting chilly out here. No. Oh, oh, is that too far? Yeah. <laughs> For who? <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah. Uh, as yeah. ready as we're going to be. Right. Uh, see. That's a solid spin. It's a good spin. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It's happened. Steel Magnolias, it is. It's happened. So wait, uh, hold on. When you fucking picked the Perus and made this list, did you check the, these things we could easily access? Oh, no. Oh, no. So, I took Now, I took movies off of it. Because they were too good, or we might actually get to them. Like for example, just like give an idea, the alternates in the event that we somehow got the song oh. in the South were Big Trouble, not Big Trouble in Little China, just Big, big Trouble. Trouble. The movie that had a bomb on a plane that came out the same day as 9/11. Mm. The best of the bests. Oh. The oh. Eric Roberts and of course the hey, Toxic Avenger. Avenger. But ah, no. Yeah. 
I, steel magnolias. Steel uh, magnolias. It is Netflix, gentlemen. That's it's on Netflix. This is gonna be steel a magnolias. Grab your wives. Grab your girlfriend. I feel like grab Allie's a box not gonna enjoy it. No one's gonna enjoy it. Maybe we Wait, will. So okay. So. As Watch I, us all fucking love it. <laughs> oh, my oh my god, right? Christ. Just gonna sit there and cry. So as I type in Steel Magnolias on IMDB to see... Well, if there are other versions of this too, by the way. Uh, we can do the 2012 TV version with Queen Latifah and Alfred no. Woodard. Uh, but as I go through it, it's Steel Magnolias, the movie, Steel 1989, Magnolias which is what we're going to do here. Steel Magnolias, the TV movie in 2012. Then a TV short... Then the soundtrack, and then for some reason Condoleezza Rice, and then Man of Steel. That's just what's coming up when I put in Steel Magnolias for the search. If you want to instead watch two hours of Condoleezza Rice and turn that in as your assignment, I'll allow it. <laughs> but no, gentlemen. So we have Steel Magnolias coming up, and of course we got a wrestling show on the horizon, don't we? Oh, Excited. Sure do. Sure do. SummerSlam yeah. is upon us. SummerSlam 1992. Listen, I was just watching uh, like a two-minute clip, like a like a highlight reel of Brett and Bulldog. God damn it, that match is so good. I'm excited. Listen, I don't know the last time either you guys have seen, or if you've ever seen this match. It is... I, I, Bulldog was fucked up during this match, and it's all Brett. <laughs> Listen, it is, it is it's in amazing. a lot of ways, it's Brett, Brett's masterpiece for a lot of reasons. It um, really is amazing. But, I mean, here's an idea. Bret Hart is in the main event as the Intercontinental Champion. Randy Savage, the Macho Man, is the WWF Champion. He defends against the Ultimate Warrior. We've got Shawn Michaels in the beginning of the Heartbreak Kid run. we still got the last stalwarts of the, the Hogan-era WWF as we kind of move into that. we got the Legion of Doom on this show. we got the Earthquake and Typhoon. we got the Money, Inc. Tons of fun stuff. Papa Shango. All kinds of horseshit is happening on this show. And we're going to talk about it. And fucking Steel Magnolias. Do we do wrestling first and then Steel Magnolias? Or do we do Steel Magnolias and then wrestling? I feel like... I want your dead straight thoughts on Steel Magnolias. I might uh, come to each of your houses with a recording <laughs> and live just, interview just, you as you're watching. Just, just have some tea, light some candles, put some music on, and just talk about Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. How does that make you feel, David? Uh, it makes me feel eager. Mm. Ready and willing. Mm. And we hope you're ready and willing to keep going every single week with us, mostly, uh, here on uh, our show. Any other Did thoughts, Did you gentlemen? forget the title this week? No, I thought <laughs> I was going to split off into something else, but I realized we already promoted the <laughs> SummerSlam 92. So uh, All I got to say is, uh, once again, thank you everybody for listening. Hope you enjoy. Uh, and I, please join us for SummerSlam 1992. It's going to be a fun episode. I'm looking very forward to it. I'm going to steal my note, please. Looking forward to that. I'll know once I watch it. Okay. I've never seen it, so. <laughs> this might be one I can finally get Stephanie to sit down and watch. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> As always, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. We will see you all next week. Oh, Senpai! <laughs> <laughs>